What's up, everybody? My name is Charlie Ungemach. I'm the founder and curator of the Gird Up podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, um, and just about wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Uh, I'm joining you today. I'm out on my parents' back patio. It's uh, Memorial Day weekend. What a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful weekend to be a part of. Um, great weather. Uh, it's been an absolute joy to be able to spend some time with my family. Um, and a big shout out and a big thank you to uh, all members of the military community uh, who sacrifice their own lives, uh, whether it's literally giving up their, their life or whether it's just spending their lives in service, to people like me who get to sit around at home um, and do other work for the sake of the kingdom. So thank you very much for the freedoms that we get to enjoy. Um, big shout out to members of my own family and my friends uh, who are serving the military themselves. Rock on, guys. Thank you very much. God bless you. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Um, I should probably be inside somewhere correcting papers and finalizing all my grades, but it is just too nice to be inside. So we're going to be outside today. Hope you don't mind the noise. Let's get started talking about hurting people who hurt other people. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. Alright, hurting people hurt people. We've all done it. Uh, sometimes we do it on purpose, sometimes on accident, but we all hurt each other, and we all do it often. It's part of our sinful nature, and no matter how hard we try, we can't avoid every once in a while um, stepping on somebody's toes or causing real offense. Not just like the whoopee offense, but like real offense. We end up torpedoing all of our relationships with each other. It's just part of who we are as sinners. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Now, most of the time, we get the opportunity to patch things up, right? Um, as Christian men, we well, we talk about this on a Gird Up podcast all the time. We, we, as Christian men, we own our mistakes, we ask for forgiveness, and we, you know, in turn, forgive others just as we have been uh, forgiven. Even in my first grade classroom, we talk about things, you know, and we talk, we teach kids to apologize, we teach them to ask for forgiveness, and then once they've asked for forgiveness and they've been forgiven, they also are taught to propose a plan to make it right and to restore or even improve the relationship. Um, that was there to begin with. It's a part of life, so we prepare for it, and we expect it, and we deal with it when it comes because we acknowledge that we are sinful human beings. But every once in a while, somebody comes along who just seems to have our number, right? Somebody we love descends into a pattern of injury and insult. They heap hurt on us without without recognizing it and without showing any remorse, and for no good reason, they become an enemy, even though they used to be a loved one and a friend. They become an enemy, a contender who is out to do us harm. These are the people that we're going to talk about today. It's super easy to hold a grudge against these people, right? These folks, without reason, set in on hurting us. And it's hard to drop it and move on. It's even harder to forgive. Um, But as we've heard by now, forgiveness does more for the victim than it ever did for the perpetrator. Forgiveness isn't about um, letting the other person go. It's about releasing myself from that grudge, right? One of my favorite quotes of all time, which (laughs) has been on all kinds of podcasts and all kinds of media, uh, I mean, books and all kinds of things in the last couple of years, um, is a simple one. It just simply says, holding a grudge or withholding forgiveness from 
uh, another person is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It's ridiculous. It's not doing me any good to hold a grudge, so why keep holding on? Forgiveness is something that's commanded by Jesus as well. He teaches us to forgive each other just as we've been forgiven by the God who himself gave himself for our freedom. It sounds like maybe Jesus knows something, right? He knows it's not good for us either, and that's why he commands us to forgive each other. But forgiving each other is so hard, isn't it? It is. It's incredibly difficult. It's hard to do, and I can't seem to do it. I try so hard, and it just doesn't happen. Well, the key is compassion. Compassion is the key. It's one of the building blocks of a good, solid relationship anyway. Um, And it's one of the things that sets true Christianity apart from the religions of the world. That the Bible, if what the Bible says about me is true, then we're all in the same boat. We all should have compassion for each other because we all understand what it's like to be human. See, God didn't create us the way we are now. God didn't create us the way we see ourselves right now. What we were meant to be is not what we are. When we were created, we were created in the image of God. We were perfect and holy and blameless and pure, just like Jesus was, just like God is. Um, and they walked with Jesus in the garden. They walked with God in the garden. They were made of the same stuff as God, as our creator, right? They were holy and perfect and pure and blameless. They didn't have any problems ever because they never sinned. They walked with God, and that's both literal and figurative. They physically walked with God in the garden, but they also walked in the way, the truth, and the life. They followed him perfectly. They loved him, and they served him day after day perfectly in the Garden of Eden. But you and I, we don't do that. We don't do that. When Adam and Eve sinned, we lost all of our perfection, and we lost all ability to walk with that with God on that perfect path that the Lord has laid out for us. And that's what sin is. When we talk about sin, that's what we're talking about. God has laid out a perfect straight path for us to walk. He calls it the way, right, in the New Testament. And sometimes we refer to it as the law. It's the same thing, right? It's that road map that gets us to heaven. Now, you and I know, unfortunately, that we can't do that. We can't walk the path to heaven the way that we should. We stray from that path. We go off on our own way. This is what we call sin, right? Instead of following Jesus, we veer off the path and we find ourselves walking in sin. We take our eyes off of Jesus and we start trying to make our own ways. And that's when it all comes crashing down and our lives become miserable, right? See, when you and I take our eyes off of Jesus, it's not just for a moment or two, right? It's usually not just for a moment or two. If it is a moment or two, wonderful. And we do that all the time, right? We sin, we say, Lord, oof, forgive me. And we get right back on the path. But the problem arrives when we get way off the path when we stop looking to Jesus, right? Martin Luther talked about the idea that I can't stop the birds from flying above my head, but I can stop them from making a nest in my hair. So this is what we're talking about right now is the birds that are making a nest in my hair, right? The devil is super sneaky about this stuff when he's trying to get us off course, right? He usually doesn't just nail us once with one big temptation and he's got us forever and he's got us in a bag. He slowly but surely draws us off the path and he puts us onto a different path. And often we still think that we're on the the one true path and we still think that we're following Jesus, but instead of following Jesus, we're chasing after the evil one. Uh, The Apostle Paul likes to call the the Christian life, he likes to call it a race, right? He says, let's run that, the race marked out for us. I like to think of it as a road trip, right? So for a moment, take a road trip with me. You're sitting in the car with me. You and I need to get to a wedding. We're starting in Milwaukee. We're going to drive all the way out to a wedding in Seattle. And we got to get there on time. If we don't get there on time, we're going to miss the wedding, right? So the plan for success, 
We've never been there before. We've never gone there before. So the plan for success is to take the highway, right? We're going to take a highway. we got two days to get there. We drive and we drive and we drive and we drive and we drive. And along the way, we have to stop for gas. We got to stop for food. We got to stop to sleep for the night. But as long as we stay on the highway and as long as we keep an eye on the fuel gauge, we're going to be just fine. We're going to make it there. Just don't ever pass a gas station without stopping to get gas. And yes, that is a metaphor. But never go past a gas station without getting gas, right? Well, what happens if along the road we lose sight of our object, which is to get to Seattle on time, and we veer off and we take a little drive through the countryside, right? Not a big deal at first. We can get back on the highway and we realize what's going on. But what happens if we get lost? What if we get so far off the path that we don't know the way back to the highway? And we don't know where the gas stations are. We don't know where anything is. We're out of cell phone service. Sooner or later, we're going to run out of gas. We're going to be stranded on the side of the road. There's nothing we can do. And it's a problem for two reasons. One, we're not getting any closer to our destination. We're not going to make it to Seattle on time, right? And two, we're not getting any closer to a gas station that's going to help us refuel and get back on the road. If we're not careful, we're going to end up stranded in the middle of nowhere. No matter how hard we try, we can't get gas on our own. We need a helper to get us back on the highway. It's that same way with our spiritual lives. That's where the metaphor comes in. I love metaphors. Right? It's, it's the same way with our spiritual lives. We're cruising down that path of life at 70 miles an hour. As long as we stay on the path of life, we keep growing at 70 miles an hour. Um, from time to time, we have to stop. We have to fuel up. Right? That's Bible study and prayer. And every once in a while, we got to rest. We get tired, so we rest in the arms of Jesus. Um, and when we've been refreshed, we get back on the road and we take that fuel to keep us running and we get moving closer and closer and closer to our goal. That fuel that keeps us running and gets us closer and closer to our goal is the Spirit. And as long as we stay on the path, we continue to walk in the path that Jesus trod ahead of us. We stay connected to Jesus and we maintain our intimacy with the Heavenly Father. As long as we do that, we're going to continue to be blessed with the Spirit. He promises that he'll fill us with the Holy Spirit, right? We'll have all the Spirit we'll ever need. But as soon as we leave the highway and we veer off on our own path, that connection to the Father weakens. It gets weaker and weaker and weaker the farther we stray away, right? And I no longer look to Jesus to be my friend and helper. I don't get, I don't let the Father order my steps the way I should. And all of a sudden, the Spirit runs out. The Spirit's gone, right? That gas tank, that spiritual gas tank is empty. And what does this have to do with hurting people? Right? <laughs> Bear with me. When you and I are running with Jesus, when we stay on that path, when we stay on the highway as we should, when we're dependent on the Father, he promises to fill us with the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. And when we hurt each other, what are we missing? We're missing those nine things. When those nine things start to drop out of our life, it's a sign that we don't have the Spirit, and it's a sign that we're not walking in, in the way anymore. Right? We're no longer getting our identity and purpose from the Father. We're trying to depend on ourselves instead of looking to Jesus for all of our strength and our identity. We don't put our faith in Christ. We put our faith in other people and other things, things that aren't going to fill us with the Spirit and things that um, aren't going to fill us with good. So instead of love, we find hatred. Instead of joy, we find ourselves miserable. Instead of having peace, there's conflict. Instead of being patient, we're short-tempered, we're grouchy, right? we're touchy. 
And instead of being kind, we're vindictive and cruel. Instead of doing good, we join our wicked in our way, in their ways, right? So we walk the path of the wicked instead of walking the path of righteousness. We're unfaithful, we're harsh, and we find ourselves relentlessly running aside and pursuing the things of the flesh. Paul calls them sensualities, right? Sex, drugs, alcohol are the classic three. But it's so much more than that, right? We just... <clears throat> We run so far away from the path once we get off of it that we relentlessly pursue the pleasures of the flesh. And in our wake, we leave all kinds of hurt and pain behind us. And this isn't something that just happens to sinners or unbelievers or people who are weak in the faith. It happens to all of us all the time. We've all been there. We all will be there again. None of us are ever spared from this. We've all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. So this is something that affects every single one of us. But not everybody has a history of tearing things up and breaking apart relationships and wounding all the people that they love. So what's the difference? It seems like every day they display the fruits of the Spirit. Every single day. We all know some people like that who just seem to be on another level of holiness, right? What about them? It's simple. They've learned to recognize that when they are straying, they need to get back on the path, right? And a lot of us, <laughs> young people in particular, that's myself included, we young people aren't very good at recognizing that we've left the path, which makes us really slow to get back on the path and get back on track. And it takes a lot of wisdom and experience to, to, to learn that and to understand our, our patterns, to understand what we need to stay on the course. And frankly, there are people, there are plenty of old people who don't walk in that path who love Jesus but can't walk a straight line, right? That's because, unfortunately, no matter how much experience some people get, they just never gain any wisdom. But my point is this. If we're going to be forgiving, if we're going to forgive the people who hurt us, we need to have compassion, and compassion only comes by recognizing the situation as it is. Every single one of us strays, and when we stray, we cut ourselves off from the helper of the helpless. We cut ourselves off from the one who saves. We become helpless, and we hate being helpless. Those people who find themselves disconnected from God and totally helpless, either for a short time, like we talked about, right, or for a lifetime, because some people are, they recognize, just like we recognize, that they are not what they're created to be. We are all insufficient and we are inadequate in every single way. And so we try to do something about it. Those who are faithful to our Heavenly Father, we cling to our Savior, the one source of life, hope, health, and strength, right? But many people, and all of us at different times in our lives, we cling to something else besides our Savior. Instead of clinging to the Savior, the one source of life and hope and health, instead of letting Him fill us up, we put our confidence in success. We put our confidence in health. Um, we put our identity in our intelligence. Um, we look for confidence in success or wealth or status or, or importance or even performance. We turn to indulgences and excesses to dull the pain away. We do all kinds of things that we think are going to help us feel whole again, but they don't. They never, ever do. And sooner or later, that whole house of cards comes crashing down. And we have to, as believers, we have to return to Jesus. we got to come back to Jesus. we got to get back on that path of life and walk again in the way. How blessed we are. Right, We are incredibly blessed because we have a Savior who gave himself up. He himself lived in our place, died in our place as our substitute so that we wouldn't be lost forever. Right? He died for us so that he could always be there. 
He's with us. He is Emmanuel. He's always standing there on the side of the road, ready and waiting with that gas can full of the Holy Spirit, ready to get us back on the way of life, ready to refuel us, fill us up again, and help us walk in the way. He will show us the way. He promises, no matter whether we turn to the right or to the left, he will show us the way, and he will help us to walk in it. That's all I got to say. Go be the man God created you to be. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.